Hi, this is Joel Scrivener, pastor of Oaks Church in McKinney, Texas. And I wanted to say thank you so much for listening, sharing, and supporting our podcast. I know that today's message is going to inspire you, challenge you, and empower you to fearlessly follow Jesus like never before. Now, let's check out today's message. All right. Awesome. I love those Oaks stories. Love that our team is doing such a good job putting that together. How are you today? Are you great? Very good, very good. Well, God bless you. Welcome to Oaks Church. So glad that you are a part. Uh, We are in the middle of a brand new series called Vibes, and we're going to jump right into that in just a second. If you missed last week, you're going to want to go online and catch up on that. I, I had a lot of information last week, and I don't have the ability to do that again for you this week. So stay caught up with us. Uh, this is a fantastic series that I believe will absolutely change your life. I want to take just a moment and uh, give you a quick update. Uh, today is what we call Unstoppable Sunday. We do this once a month just to give you a quick update on the progress of our unstoppable vision. That is the word that God gave us uh, as we began to pray. And I literally looked through my prayer journal over the course of about 24 months. And the number one phrase that God gave me about what he was doing in this church is that what he was up to was unstoppable. Unstoppable. That's our word. That's what he has declared over us. So we created that as the theme for our campaign to accomplish our vision here at Oaks Church. This building that you are in is a part of that vision. The building is not the vision. The building is a tool to help us accomplish the vision, right? But it's important because uh, this uh, time, or pardon me, uh, last year, we didn't have a place to meet for quite a while, and we got shuffled around and all that type of stuff, and then we were underneath uh, the requirements of a hotel, and there are many churches that were in schools here in the city of McKinney that still don't have a place to meet because the schools are not letting churches back in inside of the city of McKinney yet. So it's important that we do have a home, but the vision of Oaks Church is way bigger than just a building. A building is just a tool. However, I do want to catch you up on a couple of different things that are important about uh, the place and the position that we're in to accomplish the vision. You're going to see every single week, you're going to hear reports of incredible missions and things that we're doing around the world. I believe we have over 25 different missions that we have already sponsored and are supporting so far this year just from our church. Oaks Church literally has a global fingerprint that's making a difference in the world because of your generosity, and we're very grateful for that. We've got huge vision of what we're going to do inside of this building. We're still just kind of stretching our legs and figuring out all that we can do as we are positioning ourselves towards the end of the year. But next year, we have big plans to launch all kinds of things out of this building, feeding programs and different things like that that we'll connect with. We have so many different ministries, lots of different classes and educational things that we're doing. Part of the vision that we have here for Oaks Church is that this will be a hub for elevating the lives of individuals in the city. We want to have very uh, intentional classes and training and opportunity for people to improve themselves in business, to improve themselves in how they present themselves. We want to have all kinds of different types of classes and things that people can do uh, for specifically for maybe getting a job, building a resume, uh, learning dress for success, interview skills, all different things like that. There's a place that you as a professional could find a really great, amazing place to serve here at Oaks Church, taking the skills that you've used to succeed and grow and develop and move beyond in, beyond just yourself succeeding and begin to train people in the church as well. What could happen if Oaks Church became known in this city as a place where people uh, could not just go and encounter God, right? Because our theme is that we encounter, we have four main parts of our vision, encountering God. We want to teach people how to encounter God perpetually, how to live their life in a state of perpetual encounter with God. Number two, align with the right people. That's why our membership class is called Align. If you're looking to figure out how to get connected here, go through the Align class. But aligning with the right people is crucial. If you're aligned with the wrong people, it can destroy your life. So it's important that we are very relational here at Oaks Church because we want to make sure people are aligning with the proper relationships that will help them build their future. The third is to grow. Grow personally, every single person. If we're not growing, we're dying, right? You are a living being, and growth is a part of every living being. And we want to live in a place of constant uh, improvement and growth. And finally, the fourth is to give back. We want to be people that are givers. God is a giving God. He's a generous God. And if we're going to uh, exemplify him, we have to be giving people. Amen? 
Amen. So let me give you a quick update. I'm going to give you an update on how this actual campaign is going. Uh, the, the focus of the financial portion of the campaign was to actually buy this building. This building is a miracle. You are sitting in a miracle right now. Do you realize that? You're sitting in a miracle right now. Um, and so the first goal was to do renovations on this building, which uh, you can see, and many of you have not seen what the building looked like before. So they're going to begin to show you lots of different things uh, behind me. I don't even know what images they're going to fully show you, but lots of images of what this building looked like when we moved in. Literally, this entire thing was an obstacle course. This was a Ninja Warrior obstacle course, and all of the children in the city mourned when a church bought it. Um, <laughs> But we're going to help them overcome other obstacles in life, and it's going to be great. Uh, we got huge plans for, for what we do as we build this place out. But you were a part, your generosity was a part of all of the renovations that you see we were able to do in cash uh, because of your generosity and to prepare this place so that we could occupy this place. Our Unstoppable Vision Pledge was a campaign that we launched. We're still in the middle of. Um, if some of you weren't able to participate in the past, you can still participate now. We've got a lot of vision left that we need to accomplish. But so far, what has been pledged in our Unstoppable Vision campaign is $1,365,888 so far has been pledged toward... Isn't that amazing? Guys, that's, that's a church that was... It was two years old, barely two years old at the time, on top of, on top of normal tithes and offerings. This congregation, and, and remember, remember, in our first two years of ministry, we as Oaks Church gave away over, a, right at a half a million dollars to other missions and ministries in the world. Our, our legacy for generosity is massive, guys. We're doing so much for generosity to make a difference in ministries all around our city, around the region, and all around the world, and you guys are a part of that. So, $1.365 million pledged of that pledges so far, and this is just since January when we started, uh, $491,915.85 has come in so far, which is amazing, guys. We're moving that direction, and we're getting really, really close. We have, and this is a very exciting thing, when we came into, and, and I, I put this, I wanted this obviously to be online. We've got a lot of people watching online, and I want you to know that you can be a part of this. We're your church. Uh, if you're watching from anywhere around the nation or wherever, uh, we're grateful that you're part. But I wanted to make sure that you heard this as well, because when we found this building, uh, it wasn't for sale. In fact, the owner didn't want to sell it, and the tenant that was in this building, this space, had a five-year lease. And we talked to the owner about it originally, and the owner said, man, it'd be a great building for a church, but you just can't have it. It's a five-year lease. It would cost you uh, close to a million and a half to $2 million to pay off the other person's lease. So that's not going to work. That wouldn't be a good move for you. So um, it's just not available. Well, when COVID hit, all of a sudden, this building became available. And we were able to negotiate an opportunity for us to do what's called a lease purchase. So we've been leasing this building since last August. And part of the deal was that we had to commit to purchase the building by the end of the first year of lease last August. Now, we didn't get to move in until March, but we were already paying rent. And one of the things that the owner of the building did is he put 30% of our rent towards our down payment of the building or toward the purchase price, which is a beautiful thing to do for someone that um, doesn't go to our church and, and isn't necessarily a practicing or attending church-going believer, sure believes in God, but doesn't practice the same way that we do, but really felt like he wanted to help this church, and so we did that. So now one of the best, uh, most exciting things is we have uh, fulfilled our commitment to close to actually own this building, uh, and our commitment to close is for November 5th. So this is very exciting. And here's what's even more exciting is that we are, with all of your generosity and with the, the being as good of stewards as we possibly can, we've been saving toward the down payment, your, un, your unstoppable gifts have been going toward the down payment, and we're currently only $250,000 away from having our full amount for our down payment. So this is really great, guys. We're so close. We're so close. And I know that sounds like a lot of money. But it's not a lot of money to God, and it's not a lot of money when we work together, and it's not a lot of money when you're talking about how we have 1.3 whatever million already pledged and only less than a half a million has come in. Guys, we're going to get there, and we're going to get there because 
all of us are going to do our part, amen? This is a family. I don't know how it works with your family, but at my household, as soon as they could stand up and hobble around, they could carry things, and we started the pickup game, right? We're going to play the pick. You guys do the pickup game at your house? Our kids understand that they don't get free rent. They earn their spot in our household, and, and so that's a very big part. They're a part of the family, and everybody does their part. Now, what's beautiful is that with our, and if you haven't seen the Unstoppable uh, little pledge card, they're available. We have a little Unstoppable thing um, out in the lobby, a little booth back there. You can get the information. But it's all based on where you are and and where your faith is and where your abilities are and all that kind of stuff. And we've had people that have uh, made a pledge over the course of a a two-year period that they would give an additional couple thousand dollars or a thousand dollars or whatever, $50 a a month or wherever level they were at. Other people, their pledge was for thousands or tens of thousands or even $100,000. Everybody depending on their own ability and where they're at and and how they want to be a part of building the future of Oaks, Oaks Church. And so this is really exciting. And if you have haven't been a part of it yet. You can be a part of it. And uh, we have, I I just want to show you something else that's really, really cool. Pastor Larry pointed this out to us. We were in 2020, because of the coronavirus, we were forced to shut down on March 15th of 2020 and did not have a home to meet anymore. We moved into this building on March 14th, 2021, exactly 365 days. On the 365th day we had our first service in this new building. How cool is that? What can God do in a year? What can God do in a year? We know that God is with us, he's for us, and God is unstoppable, and we're appreciative of you for being a part of helping us move this vision forward. Once we uh, actually effectively own this building, we're gonna go, we have so many incredible things we've drawn up for ministries and opportunities and things that that are gonna be able to happen inside this building because of your generosity and because of us actually owning it outright. We've got a lot more things we're gonna do, developing the kids' ministry, a youth ministry space, big front porch space, uh, full landscaping, uh, all kinds of stuff, a commercial-grade kitchen. Guys, we have in this building, we have commercial-grade refrigerators we, we literally, all we have to do is tweak some things and we're set up. We could literally run a feeding program straight out of this building just like that. It's incredible, right? Not only that, but we know people, we have access to people that literally have told us we can bring a semi-truck full of food every single week to your church if you have the ability to keep it cold and to get it out. Guys, we have the opportunity here to do so much stuff. We have uh, relationships and friendships. We're going to begin to launch, uh, as we get established, a a whole new program for the homeless in McKinney. I don't know if you realize that, but McKinney has the highest homeless rate per capita in all of Collin County. And we're going to do things out of this building through your giving and through your faithfulness and through your volunteerism. We're going to touch this city in an empower, in a powerful way. And things that would be seen as impossible are not going to be impossible to us because we have an unstoppable God. Amen. 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 So thank you for that. Uh, again, if you want to be a part, there are uh, cards at the back. If you're watching online and you want to be a part of this unstoppable, unstoppable campaign to help us fulfill the vision God has called us to fulfill, there's a button on our website that says unstoppable. You can literally click that button. You can see the whole vision, the whole printout, every single thing that we're doing, and you can make your pledge right there, and we appreciate that. Thank you for being a part of Oaks Church. Amen? Amen. Well, let's jump right in to this message. I'm going to pray and we're going to kick it off. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for releasing your your blessing to us in the name of Jesus. Thank you for encouraging us with your voice, encouraging us with your presence. Father, we thank you that you are our creator and we love you. You made us in your image and you gave us your son, Jesus Christ, the word of God incarnate, that he would come and live his life and die for us and save us with the innocent blood that he shed for us. And Father, we thank you that he rose from the dead and he's coming back again, and we give you all of the praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Baby, can I get that bottle of water right there? Thank you so much. Well, are you ready? Okay. I'm a little amped up today. Um, This is one of my favorite topics. I love this stuff. Um... I, I, I know last week I had a lot of people that were like, wow, there was a whole lot of science in there. I geek out on science so much. I wanted to be in something scientific so bad growing up, but I didn't have the brains by the time I got to college, so I became a preacher. Here we go. The power of words is what we're going to talk about today, the power of words. 
I don't know how you grew up or how you were raised, but I was raised by parents that fully believed in the power of words. So much so that they made sure that the first word that I ever spoke was the name Jesus. They didn't sit in front of me as a baby saying, mama, dada. They sat in front of me as a baby saying, Jesus, Jesus. And my mom swears the first words I ever said was Jesus because that's just how bad I need him apparently. Um, But my, my parents were so careful with words. They would never speak a curse over us. They would never say anything negative over us. They would deal with an action. They wouldn't deal with the person. Does that make sense? They were careful that the words that they spoke over their children were very deliberate, very intentional, because they understood the power that it carried. They named their children specific things because they believed in the power of a name. The the, the actual word name means character and authority. When you say your name, it releases something. You should know the meaning of your name and what the spiritual connotation of that meaning is. And if you have children, please name them something. Uh, very wise. Don't name them something that means demon child or something. That would just, just speak it over them their whole life. One of the things my parents did is they, they transcended just what they would say, and they were very focused on what we were allowed to say over our spouses, or, or pardon me, over our, over, over our siblings. You should be careful what you say over your spouse too. But as children, you don't have a spouse. We had siblings, and we weren't allowed to ever say anything negative about our siblings. In fact, they had a three-for-one exchange. If you uttered a negative word over your sibling, you had to immediately turn around and say three positive things about your sibling. Can I tell you how excruciating that is? One of the most painful disciplines, worse than the paddle, having to look at your sister, who you just said something horrible about, and come up with, under the pressure and scrutiny of your parents, three positive things about someone that you could not find anything positive. Come on, do you know what I'm talking about here? It's how siblings are sometimes. And my parents would make us do this because they believed in the power of words. In over 30 years of coaching and training and mentoring and and, and pastoring, I can't tell you how many people I've coached and worked with and mentored that are still trying to outlive and outrun the curses spoken over them. Curses from a parent, a teacher, a coach, a sibling. My sister still thinks there's something wrong with her nose. She's got a perfect nose, but her big brother, me, so mean. I would just tease her for no reason whatsoever besides to have power over my sister. Please forgive me, Summer. I know I was horrible. Guys, there are people in this room right now, people watching online right now that still have a voice that haunts you. And we were taught this phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Guys, it's not true. It's not true. Now, there are some people that have learned how to steel themselves against the opinions of others, and, and, and they, they're so secure and set in who they are that they say that I don't care what someone thinks about me. I, they, and listen, there are people in your life that maybe you shouldn't care what they think about you, but there are people in your life that have power in your life with their words. Our words are so important. When God created the earth, Genesis chapter one, verse one says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit, that is the word ruach, the the spirit, it means the breath of God was hovering. God's breath was hovering over the deep, hovering over the waters. Do you know what the next three words in the Bible are? Right after that statement, verse three, the next three words are, And God said, and God said, do you know how many times the phrase God said is in Genesis chapter one, the formation, the creation of the world? I was curious about it. I looked it up. The phrase God said is in there exactly eight times. The eighth time was when he spoke it over mankind and God said, I'll make man in my image. Eight is the number for a new beginning. 
It's a beautiful number. God created everything he created with his words. Words make powerful vibrations. Last week, we talked a lot about the power of thoughts. We talked about how the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. What you believe is what you become. Your beliefs are massively important. We learned that your thoughts literally travel through your body on a sound wave. Your thoughts are an actual thing. They they, they are electromagnetic signals and biochemical responses. And we learned that your heart actually has the ability to initiate conversations with your brain. And that the deepest core beliefs that are in your heart actually affect you more than you think. Your heart is where the center of the core values of who you are and what you believe is found. Now, I had an amazing opportunity to speak with a doctor this week. Um, this, this lady, her name is Melissa Willard, Dr. Melissa Willard. Uh, she's the sister of a friend of mine, and she had done a tremendous amount of research in this specific field. Uh, her doctorate is in analytical chemistry and forensic chemistry. And so everything that she's done throughout her doctorate has been understanding the elemental and, and analyzing the elemental uh, chem- chemical breakdowns of matter and creation and all that exists inside of our universe. That's her specialty. So I was, ex- I, I was really excited to talk to her and learn from her because of how much I love this stuff and, and, and how much science kind of just turns me on in my mind. I, I love it. I, there's nothing more than I love to find how science that seeks often to, uh, to position itself above the word of God, how many times science actually proves the word of God. And did you know that science has never disproved the word of God? Not once. Do you know that? You know why? Because God created science. The word science, it means, it's from, it's from the word gnosis. It means to know. And there is no knowing without God, the creator. All knowing belongs to him. All truth belongs to him. I know that some Christians get a little uncomfortable when you begin to talk about science in church, but God owns science. It's his. It belongs to him. We shouldn't be intimidated by it. God certainly isn't intimidated by it. Got all of mankind, all the, throughout the entire history of mankind. Do you know the Bible says it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, and it's the glory of kings to search it out. It's your glory as one of the kings and priests in his kingdom to search out the things that he's hidden all through creation. It's a beautiful thing that we understand. Well, as I began to talk to Dr. Willard, she began to explain some amazing things to me. And some of the things she talked about were, and she, as a believer, also has studied all of this in relation to creation specifically. But when we, get, we began to discuss, and she said, you know, we think about the smallest particle as actually an atom. But now, because of modern science, we've been able to break down atoms, and atoms are actually formed of smaller particles that are called quarks. But quarks aren't the smallest particle either. Now there's this this theory called the string theory, and what they believe is that inside of a cork, when you break down matter to the smallest of the smallest of the small, there's actually a string, a chord, like on a violin, that vibrates, and it makes a sound. And what holds and what creates this, 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 this chord and creates the tone of the chord that is at the center of all elements of matter is what's called quantum gravity. This quantum gravity that exists inside of the universe that holds the universe together. Did you know that the Bible actually explains that? In Colossians 1, verse 17, he, Jesus, is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Jesus is the force of gravity that holds all material things together. What this doctor, the scientist explained to me is that at the core of every single bit of created matter, there's a string and all of the universe is like a massive orchestra that worships the creator. There's a sound through all created things, including yourself. You make a sound. I told her the story I told you last week about my friend Nick who had a heart transplant, and when he got the new heart, his body rejected it, and he had all of that person's memories and all this person's beliefs, and, and he actually had the memories of crimes that were committed, and he had the person's desires, and she was fascinated by that story. She said, Joel, that makes perfect sense, because 
We as, as scientists understand we have uh, devices that we can actually read the physical human body, and there is a thing called the heart field. The heart field. And she said, with our instruments, we can read the energy that exudes outside of the human heart, but our, our, our instruments aren't strong enough to see how far it really goes. We can only tell for sure that the energy, the frequency, the vibrations, the, 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 the field of magnetic energy that goes outside of the human heart, we can tell automatically, absolutely, that it goes at least eight feet, but it might go further. And that's why you can feel people when they come around you, sometimes before you even saw them or knew they were there, because the field of energy that is exuding from their heart actually comes in contact with your field of energy that exudes from your heart. This heart field, this doctor told me, is where all of your emotions actually exist. So when you're in a really bad mood, the have you ever walked in, gentlemen, to your home and you just knew something wasn't right? You ever close the door real quick and just went back to the car? <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> Come on, you can just tell. But what she said to me was really interesting. She said that on these devices, your, your, your frequency, your vibration, your, your heart field, the emotions that are there, they actually have colors. Like in the movie Inside Out. Remember the movie? The angry one was red and the peaceful one was yellow and they all had different, it's real. You actually have your field of energy releases colors that can be seen with these instruments and depending on your mood, you create different colors. Fascinating. What does it mean? I don't know, but God is so cool. He's just so cool, right? But this is where it got really interesting. She said that the intensity of your heart field is based on how convinced or persuaded you are about your personal beliefs. And that if your beliefs were weak and didn't have much intensity, your heart field would be weaker and you would actually be susceptible to the beliefs of the people around you if their beliefs were more intense than yours. So if you're around someone, think about this, you work in an office, you're the only Christian there. Everyone else has a heart field that's emitting their beliefs. Your intensity level better be stronger than theirs or you're gonna be influenced instead of the influencer. We're called to be salt and light. We've gotta figure out how we can increase the strength and the frequency that emits from our body. We're created beings. God has designed us. He's designed us to be forces of change in the earth. Did you know that the Bible literally says that all of creation is waiting for the sons of God to arise? All of creation is waiting for you to figure out just who you really are. All of creation waiting for you to realize that what Jesus said about you is actually true. That you have the ability to affect physical matter with what you believe and what you pray and what you declare. You can affect physical matter. See, this doctor explained to me, you've probably seen it uh, illustrated where an opera singer sings at a certain pitch that's so powerful that it breaks glass. You seen that? She explained to me how it worked. That the opera singer sings and, and she finds the pitch that's the exact same frequency that makes up the glass. The glass has a frequency as well. And if her intensity of her frequency at the same pitch is more intense than the frequency that the glass makes itself, that the glass has to succumb to her frequency and it shatters. You have the ability to affect physical matter. That's how Jesus touched people and healed them spit on people and healed them, spoke to people and healed them, and said, you, if you believed, would do what he did and greater. 
How many of us are boring the heck out of creation? Because it's waiting for us to wake up and realize who we actually are. Is this too far-fetched for you? Read your Bible. It's full of far-fetched, far-out stuff. If they made a movie actually depicting what's in your Bible, it would be X-rated. Some far-out stuff in that Bible. So let's talk about this. What we're really, when we're talking about the heart field, we could probably call it the faith field. You know, you've been given a shield of faith, right? A helmet of salvation. Man, all this stuff comes alive whenever you realize the scientific connection behind it and that God created the science and he's hidden it all through creation and he's just waiting for the kings that he's crowned in the earth to search out and find the glory that he's hidden all through creation. You have a faith field. Let's call your heart field your faith field. And your faith field is your shield of faith that actually protects you. It it, it wards off other powers or other influences. If you are powerful enough, if you're building up, as the Bible says, your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. The Bible commands us to build up our faith. Jesus chastised his disciples all the time. He's like, oh, ye of little faith, how long must I stay with you? How do we form faith? How do we build faith? I grew up in faith churches. I was taught that faith is like a muscle, that you can build it, you can strengthen it. It's true. It's not just an illustration. The Bible says that we can build up our faith. The Bible actually tells us how faith is formed. Maybe you know this verse, Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So then faith, comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What are you hearing? What's coming in through your ear gate? I've got a pretty significant drive time every day. I'm on the road probably an hour and a half, minimum. And I listen to podcasts and books on tape and other, other great pastor sermons and worship and whatnot. But there's often times that I'm not being careful enough with what's coming in through my ear gate. And your faith is greatly affected by what you hear. You know, there's a, there's a band that was named after a, 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 a Bible verse. It's a band called Bad Company. Remember that band? Come on, good stuff, man. Bad Company was good stuff. Don't get religious on me, baby. Come on. <laughs> Bad Company corrupts good morals. Do you know the actual real King James Version? It says evil conversations, evil communications. It, it's not necessarily the company. It's the conversation that happens with the company. It's what you hear. Do you know your salvation? Your salvation is formed through what you hear and what you believe. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10 verse 9 says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved for it is with your heart that you believe, your heart field, your faith field, and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Your heart and your mouth partner together for your salvation. Did you know that your um, body is made up of muscles that have pairs, most of them. You have two pectorals, you have uh, two delts and lats and two biceps and two triceps and two quads and two cap, you, you, you have pairs of muscles. But there are certain muscles, really just a few, I, I, maybe there's more than what I'll mention right now, but your heart and your tongue are two muscles that don't have a pair. Now, they both have a side, 
but your heart and your tongue are an odd couple. Kind of like that movie Twins with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. Remember that one? Your tongue would be Danny DeVito, I'm pretty sure. The Bible says that you have been given the power of life and death in your tongue. You've been made in the image of the creator, the one who spoke and God said, and the whole universe came together. You're made in his image, being transformed according to his likeness. You are a creator just as he is a creator. In fact, he's in you. The creator lives inside of you. You are his temple. Are you using your voice to create or destroy? God didn't create anything by thinking it. In fact, if the devil is going to beat you, he's going to beat you in your head. And the only way he'll beat you is if he can trick you into keeping your mouth shut or saying what he wants you to say. With your mouth, you profess your faith. You are voice activated. All of creation is voice activated. We have this interesting technology that we use now. You say, hey, Alexa. You ever gotten in an argument with Alexa because she didn't understand what you're trying to say? Hey, Siri. At my house, I say, hey, Sydney, and my phone starts talking to me. Have you ever tried voice texting and had a bad experience? I was sending a voice text to a supervisor one time who happened to be a female. And I said, I need to get with you to talk about some of those small things you showed me. But it didn't say things said thongs. <laughs> to which I said, dang it, Siri. <laughs> Text my, my buddy Kevin one time and told him I'm sorry I hadn't gotten back to him because I had some things in my family. But it didn't, instead of saying some things, it, it wrote syphilis <laughs> to Kevin. Kevin says, uh, you might want to go back and read that just one more time. I've never had any syphilis in my family. Thank you, Kevin. For Come on, guys. You can have some problems if communication goes wrong. I know those are funny illustrations, but we had a meeting this week with our security team, and one of the most important things that they have is the ability to communicate with each other, to be able to see each other, to be able to have what they call comms, they can talk to each other because they're here to keep you safe. We appreciate all of you that bring your guns and your Bibles to church, but make sure that our professionals know you trust we have professionals to handle that because there are crazy people out there. In warfare, the number one thing an enemy seeks to do is take out communication. Every squad, they've got point people, they've got flank people, Every single squad, every team of, of Navy SEALs or, 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 or um, whatever groups that are out there, you know, anti-terrorist groups or whatever, every single group, they have someone on the team that's in charge of comms. And if comms go out, they're lost. They've got next to no hope unless they had something from the past communication that would tell them where to be and they, twist, they, they cross their fingers and hope for the best. You are a voice-activated being. And if you don't get comms right, if you don't get communication right, you will never be right. You'll never operate at your maximum capacity. You'll never have your vibes in the right frequency because you will circumvent the good that could have been with the bad that comes out of your own mouth. I'm so careful 
not to speak death over my children. I may get frustrated at times, but I deal with, this, I deal with the behavior. I don't deal with the person. Power of life and death is in our tongue. Lots of voices that you hear. The enemy wants to speak to you. There, there are bad influences, voices in your life that try to speak to you. There are two voices that are most important. God's voice and your own. God's voice and your own. In fact, of any human voice you'll ever hear, your voice matters the most. Did you know, scientifically speaking, you believe your voice more than any other voice you'll ever hear? In fact, that's why it's interesting. When God speaks to you, you don't hear him outside of your body in an audible voice. You hear him through your heart, an internal voice. In fact, it sounds like your voice when God speaks to you because he knows that's the voice you believe the most. And he speaks to you from inside, so it feels like it's coming from inside of you because it is because you've invited him to live there. The enemy is not a creator. The enemy is a counterfeiter. He will seek to mock your voice as well for the same reason he knows you believe your voice. The difference is one of them speaks life and the other speaks death. One of them speaks truth and the other speaks lies. Jesus said of the devil, he is the father of lies and has been lying from the beginning. So the number one thing you need to do is ask the voice that you're hearing, ask the questions, is this statement true? I remember a time I was speaking uh, at a Christian school and uh, I, had a, I had a very hard critic there that day. And the hard critic came up to me afterwards. I'm, I'm, in, my, I'm in my late 20s, maybe 28, 29. And this man in his 50s comes up to me afterwards and thinks he's doing the Christian duty to say to me, you know, you're pretty ridiculous and you're being a moron up there. None of these kids respect you. And until you change how you come across, you're not going to have any info. I mean, dude, this dude cursed me in the chapel right after I finished. It was pretty harsh. And I went to the school administrator. I said, hey, man, I just want to let you know. This person said this to me. And he wasn't faculty. His wife was faculty. Um, but the administrator said to me, Joel, he goes, you flush all of that. He goes, all that's a lie. That's straight from the devil. Every single bit of that. You're, you make a massive difference at this school. The kids in this school love you. They respect. I, I needed someone else because I knew what this man said over me was a lie. But the lie hurt. And the enemy wants you to believe the lie. It went completely contrary to what I knew I believed in my heart. But I needed another voice, a trusted friend, an advisor that could help me find the truth. Guys, we don't just believe anything we hear. We don't just believe anything we read. We don't just believe anything that someone walks up and prophesies over you. That's why the Bible says to judge and test prophecy. What's the number one way that you judge and test prophecy? With the written word of God. What do you know God has already said? What do you know God has already said? Did you know that your voice actually has an imprint? Your voice is 100% individual. No one else on the planet has your voice. Similar to your retinal scan, your dental records, your fingerprints, your voice imprint is 100% identical. I read an article in 2018, the NSA already can know exactly who you are just by your voice. Just by your voice, they know exactly who you are with technology. Your voice is super personal. And it's made to sync with the voice of the Father to shift the future of your world. In fact, Dr. Caroline Leaf said it like this, that you frame your world with your words. 
The Bible says that prophecy is for edification, exhortation, and comfort. I've had people come up to me and try to tell me things prophetically that were destructive, accusatory, vicious, pride-filled, selfish. If it's not edification, you know what edification is? It's where we get the word edifice. It's about building up a structure. If it's not building up the structure of your life, it's not prophecy. Exhortation is a challenge, a charge, a let's go, we can do this, you can go, let's exhort. You elevate or comfort. That's, that's prophecy in a nutshell. Well, in the Old Testament, they would come and what? Yeah, they did. And then God released the word to live inside of your life, inside of your heart, the prophetic voice inside of you. In fact, Jesus said, you don't need anyone to teach you. I'll teach you. Well, why do we need you then, Joel? Good question. (laughs) Good question. We need each other, don't we? We need each other. And why? Because this, this whole heart field thing, this is, guys, 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 this is so big. This is why it's so important for us to come together and not only worship at home. That's why it's so important that the state has no control over the church to tell the church if they can open or close. We will not close again. We won't close again. Why? Because when we're together, Jesus said, never forsake the gathering together of the believers. The intensity in your heart field synergizes with the intensity in my heart field and synergizes with the intensity in your heart field, your faith field, your belief field. Together, we mass multiply and we're so much more powerful together. The synergy, the intensity of us together in one place, it's more powerful than you all by yourself alone in a room somewhere. Thank God that we have technology and we can reach people around the world. Life's crazy and people are in different stages and phases and all that kind of stuff. But get back in church as fast as you can. Use technology when you need to. But do not forsake coming together because your synergy with my synergy, our energies together, our vibes together, our frequencies together, our faith together moves mountains. It moves mountains. One can put a thousand to flight. Two can put 10,000. It's not a two plus times two. It's a two times 10. It's a 10 factor when we're together. What happens when hundreds of us are together in agreement? Guys, we can change the world. We can change the world. This doctor I spoke with told me that one of the experiments that they did is they went into regions. This was a, I'm trying to think if I can, uh, if I can remember the project's name. She actually told me the name of the project. I'll look it up and I'll I'll have to tell you later. I forgot the name of this actual project. But it was a project where they went into parts of the world that had been ravaged by uh, war and where there were tons of PTSD. And they actually sent in groups of prayer people that did nothing but go into environments and begin to pray intensely on a professional level. That's all they did was zero negativity, only faith, and they begin to watch different pockets of the world begin to shift and people actually get healed just because of intentionalized prayer that had gone into different parts of the world where people came together and agreed upon a certain thing and culture began to change and nothing else was done except adding prayer. Next week, we're gonna talk about the power of prayer. I'm going to dive into some deep stuff with you in that. But I want to give you two very important tools for you to take home and work on. The two tools that God gave me. God said a number of things to me in my prayer journal this week. One of the things he said was to tune your voice to mine. Echo my voice with your own. All of creation is waiting for the sons of God to arise. Two tools. We must master proclamation 
and praise. Proclamation and praise. The Bible says that Psalms 100 verse 4, we enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Proclamation and praise. What is a proclamation? Proclamation is an official declaration issued by a person of authority to make certain announcements known. Mm. A proclamation is an official declaration issued by a person of authority. Do I have any persons of authority in this room today? Yes. Do I have any persons of authority in this room? A proclamation is an official declaration by a person of authority making certain announcements known. Sometimes you just need to talk to the devil. Let him know that a person of authority is in charge in this household, and I'm making a declaration, an announcement, an official announcement known to you, Satan. You have no authority in my household. You have no authority in my marriage. You have no authority with my children. We will not bow down to you. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You will not rule in my finances. You will not riddle my house with addiction. We will walk free because when the sun sets free, is free indeed. It's time for the people of God to proclaim some stuff. I'm a little intense with that belief. Do you know the Bible says that God inhabits the praise of his people? That word literally means to dwell, to establish his throne room inside of your praise, your praise, your proclamation, your declaration of faith. You enter his gates with thanksgiving, proclamations of his goodness, and you enter his courts with praise. You walk straight into God's house through your proclamation and praise. You establish an environment for him to set up his throne room in your life, set up his throne in your household, in your world, with your proclamations and your praise. You can change lives with your praise. You praise a five-year-old, oh my God, watch him light up like a Christmas tree. You praise your husband, watch him light up, watch him do anything you ever ask. <laughs> Guys, I'm telling you, praise will change your marriage. Did you know the Bible? The Bible talks about hoochie women a lot. Do you know that? Hoochie mamas? does. doesn't call them that, but it does. Adulterous women, prostitute, whatever you want to call them. Hoochie mamas. Did you know that it doesn't talk about how good they look? When it says that the young man was led astray by the adulterous woman, it doesn't say a single thing about how pretty she was. It doesn't say a single thing about how, how sensual or attractive she was physically. You know what it says? Her lips were as sweet as honey, and her tongue as smooth as oil. You want, you want to protect your marriage? Have some honey lips. <laughs> Have a sweet tongue. Talk sweet to your spouse. No one's going to talk sweeter than I'm going to talk to Jennifer. No one's going to, no one's going to praise her more. No one's going to affirm her more. I'm not going to have some... Sneaky snake dude come in and start sweet talking my nobody counterfeit. No one will outpraise my wife. I wish I could tell you I'm perfect all the time, but that's a commitment I've made. Listen, ladies, praise your man. Protect your marriage. Praise your man. If you meet that need. Well, I just think it's pathetic that he would need so much praise. Interesting that your holy father in heaven seems to like it. 
He establishes his throne room in it. Don't belittle the man that was made in his image when the actual creator loves praise. It's not pathetic. It's not weak. It's by design. It's design of God to create an atmosphere of authority and power in the lives of the people you love. Stink and praise them. Praise them, praise them, praise them. Well, they're not acting very praiseworthy. Praise them anyway and watch their behavior change. You can change the atmosphere with your praise. You can change behavior with your praise. Sign up for Cheryl's class. <laughs> She'll fix you. <clears throat> She's fixing me. The Adam's Rib class. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it starts this week, right, Cheryl? Sign up for it. Save your marriage. It's not too late. <laughs> he inhabits the praises of his people. Come on, guys. We got to be people. We got to be people that proclaim God's word. We proclaim God's truth. And we praise, we praise God, we praise other people, we praise our kids, we praise our spouse. Listen, you praise yourself. Well, that just sounds silly. Watch it work, watch it work, watch it work. If you don't speak words of praise that echo the voice of God over your life, you will destroy your life with your own devilish words. You better praise yourself, praise your spouse, Praise your employees. Bring out the best in everyone around them. Start with you. Praise God. Watch what he does. This is massively important stuff, guys. Don't think you're too smart for this stuff. It works. It's God's word. Praise will change the atmosphere. Last week, I talked about this whole reticular activating system in your body. It's the place in your brainstem that, that literally connects the senses that you experience, everything that you sense, five of your senses are housed inside of this RAS system. And it's how you interpret the whole world around you. And it ha happens automatically based on the subconscious way that you're already dealing with things because of how you thought and what you've declared in the past. Only 95% uh, of your thoughts are subconscious. You have zero control over them. They just happen. But the 5% of the thoughts that you have control over if you will begin to, as the Bible says, capture those thoughts, take them captive, begin to, to dismantle the negative arguments and negative attitudes and strongholds because you have been given the word of God to reframe your belief system. This, this doctor I spoke with this week, Dr. Willard, she literally said in, in, in regards to this that you can completely change the way that you, your, your, your internal frequency and your faith and your heart field by creating repetitions of the right types of thoughts. Repetitions, you repeat, 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 repeat. True declarative statements and thoughts that you're very passionate about over your life and you can rewrite the automatic tape that happens in your head. How many times do we do something and say, oh, I'm such an idiot. How many times do we have a symptom and say, oh, my allergies? You're claiming it. My arthritis. It's not yours. Your body belongs to Jesus. Jesus. Arthritis. Deal with it. It's in your body. But we claim things. We own things with our mouths. We have to stop giving up territory inside of our lives with what comes out of our mouths. It's about declarations that are true. Something I've studied a long time, I call them new, true, positive realities. You have negative realities and positive realities that happen all at the same time. And guess what? They're both true. Negative stuff happens and it's true. It's a true reality that's a negative reality. Positive stuff happens at the exact same time. It's true. The one you focus on is the one that builds your faith or tears it down. You've got to find the true realities in your life that you already know, you already believe. They may be overshadowed by a negative reality that's also true. 
but you've got to anchor yourself to the positive and declare the positive. And you say, well, Joel, does that mean you just, you're in denial about the negative? No, no, no. You can acknowledge the negative. Acknowledge it. Hey, I know this is happening in life right now, but guess what? I got this great thing over here and I'm going to focus on this and this is who my God is and I'm going to overcome this and this thing may be there, but it's not going to stop me because I've got this good thing and this is what I'm focusing on and what you focus on is what you feel and what you feel intensifies your heart field and affects the world around you and it's coming out of your mouth. Life or death, it's up to you. You get to choose the world that you build with your own words. We gotta be people that make a covenant with our mouths. This is exceptionally hard for big, for big mouth people. As I speak as the chief president of Big Mouth People Association. I have a gift to talk and it can also, the other side of that sword can get me in trouble, right? And we, we got to recognize, guys, our mouths can either destroy our lives or create our lives. Jen and I are going to celebrate our 26th anniversary of marriage in the next uh, few weeks. It's pretty exciting. But I can tell you we would have never made it. We would have never made it if she and I both didn't form a covenant that we would never speak divorce. We would never speak divorce. That word is not uttered in our house. Period. We, we, could, we could be at each other's throats. But divorce is not an option. And what comes out of our mouth is, we're going to get through this. We're going to work this out. I don't want to talk to you tonight. Talk to you tomorrow. We're going to make it through this. God's in control. He's destined us to be together. We're not going to separate. Our kids need us. They're going to have a legacy of marriage in our household, and we're staying together. We're going to work this out. And because we have that type of, that's what we say about our marriage. But you could just as easily say the opposite and tear your whole future apart. Thinking the grass is greener. It never is. Never is. Let me pray for you today. Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus that you would release this revelation to your children wherever they sit, in this building, watching online, that you would release the revelation of the power of their words and the power that they have to take captive every negative thought Every negative word, they have the power to capture it, to reprogram it, to argue against it, to find an actual true positive, to focus, to think, to declare, and they can actually change their future with the positive, true declarations, your word, your truth, your design, your will, your prophetic destiny coming out of their lives, coming out of their mouths, emanating out of their life, they can change the world around them with their words because their faith emanates outside of their body, affecting the world around them. Father, let us be world changers, salt and light, a city on a hill. Let us be an impact of positive life in our city, our region, our nation, and around the world. Father, we stand together right now and we align our faith against the evil forces at work in our world. Forces of division, forces of hate, forces of racism, forces of inequality, forces of rage, forces of division, forces of divorce, forces of, of control. Father, we thank you that you are in charge in our nation and we align our faith together and we release our faith right now that you can change our city, you can heal our state, you can heal our nation. You can align the leaders that you set in place, Father, according to your future, according to your destiny, according to your will. Father, we thank you and we ask your kingdom come and your will be done in our nation. 
Your kingdom come and your will be done in our government. Your kingdom come and your will be done in our, in our city, in our state, in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for the power that we have to affect the world around us. We will not back down. We will not bow out. We will not relent. We will not stop. We will take territory in the name of Jesus. We will have influence in the name of Jesus. We will operate in great generosity, in great power, in great provision to be the most generous people we could ever imagine beyond our own imagination in the name of Jesus to make a difference in the world around us. And Father, we give you the praise and the glory and the honor. We exalt your name. You inhabit our praise. You set up your throne inside of our praise, Father. So your praise will ever be on our lips. Your praise will ever be on our lips. And we will praise your creation. We will praise your children. We will praise the spouse that you gave us because we want to create life life, life in the name of Jesus. And we cancel words of death. Right now we stand together and we cancel the words of death. We cancel the words of curse that have been spoken over so many lives. Right now, Father, I see your hand reaching down like a great surgeon reaching into the, into the backs of the people of God, pulling out like a surgeon, pulling out from their heart the curses that have been spoken, the, the you're not enough, you'll never be enough, you don't have what it takes, you're such an idiot, you won't make it, you're just like him, you're pulling out those curses right now, surgically removing those curses, and you're releasing your word, you are enough, for I am with you, you're more than enough, for I am with you, you have what it takes, I've given you the mind of Christ. You have my thoughts and my ways, and I will accomplish my greatness in you. God is replacing right now the curses with his blessings. Anchor your life to his blessings and echo his voice in your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, 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 amen. We hope this message has blessed your life. And if it has, we want to invite you to sow into what God is doing here at Oaks Church. It's as simple as going to oakschurch.com and clicking the Give button. On behalf of Oaks Church, thanks again for listening and have a great week.